This time on TNT. What the bell? We also play another game of Money in the Blank. And we talk about the bird flu. That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hey, Bob. There he is. How's it going? Good. Little did we know, mere hours after we recorded our last episode, um, what was coming down the pipe for our buddy Dan. Yeah, for Dan. I mean, that... uh... That was uh, doesn't get any more shocking than that. I mean, uh, not just Dan, but I mean, a lot of people from Bell's, Bell's full uh, TSN stations, um, one in Hamilton, one in Vancouver, like just terrible. It's been uh, it's been a rough week for a lot of people at Bell, and it just you know a couple weeks after Bell, let's talk. That's just kind of. Uh, it's pretty embarrassing, I think, for a company to 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 do that, and uh, in this day and age, and we're basically in what we're in Canada. There's only two options: there's Rogers and Bell, and for them to have control of the telecommunications device and what's on it, um, and that includes what people watch for entertainment from for everything it's just uh it's really become a monopoly that that uh it's it's starting to really put a strain on the the concept of creativity i know it's been going that way for a while but it's really getting out of hand now where uh there's there they have blocks on everything in terms of content and and uh it's it's unbelievable the way that they can control even to the point of like you can't even screenshot what you're watching on your phone really like if i'm watching ignite tv i have rogers ignite you can't screenshot or take a picture of their your own content they have that on lockdown and yet the idea of of just the, the freedom for a person to create like the idea of Napster in the 90s, you know, like musicians all of a sudden stopped uh, getting record sales because the people were able to download this stuff. And yet here they're just clearly a clear example of of being able to stop that if they really wanted to, you know. So it's just uh, here we are 15, 20 years later after that. But now um, instead of the little guy getting more it's just the 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 corporations just have really taken toll and taken over it's pretty wild and obviously in addition to uh dan who we'll talk about more in a second uh natasha who's really popular and yep. and i think i think on top of being a good sportscaster just always seems like such a quality person mm-hmm. um uh you know um smart and and Pleasant and uh, you know the people that worked with her also spoke highly of her producer Absolutely. Tim. Yeah, producer um, Tim for sure. Jim Richards, like our not to mention the News Talk Ten Ten family, Barb DeGiulio, all those people. Um, so yeah, I should say I should like Jim 
Uh, I'm not sure Jim's situation. He's just not, his time slot has changed. So I'm hoping that he'll come back in some form uh, on that station. But it is a shame to see him off the air in the afternoons when he was just kind of a staple for a lot of people um, as a reflection of the city. So, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's really, it really sucks. I think a lot of things about it, um, the the first of which is, uh, just in no particular order, just the mechanics of something like that, the like the the kind of cold business-minded people would say, like the counterpoint is, there's no right time to do it. You can't prepare people for what is coming. You just have to, you're given a list, you're given a number, you have to get it to, you have to make some tough decisions, and you just implement those decisions. Yeah. And I, well, I, I, heard, I understand I, from a business standpoint, that's how it starts. Yeah. You, you heard what? Well, I mean, I heard in Vancouver, like literally, they had no idea there was going to be any cuts. And and it was like people came in and you have 30 Here, play minutes. Play this voiceover, get, right. You have 30 minutes to get out of here or else you'll be like taken out physically, basically. You know, like you... Not only are you your job is gone, but you got to get out of the building in thirty minutes. Like, well, and that that's crazy. Much was said about how I, I listened to the voiceover that was like, "Thank you so much to all our on-air people for being so great, and to you for listening." Bye now, and then it cut right to good riddance time of your life, which is, you know, not. I don't. I'd like to think I'm. I'm still. Uh, glass half full enough to think that wasn't a pointed decision but it the good riddance part isn't nice the time of your life part i guess could be interpreted as yeah we're you know trying to put a nice bow on it but i wonder from i try to imagine like who who was the person that had to sit down and look natasha in the eye and say we have to let you go or who told Dan and did they tell Jay first or did they take them both in like like what what a hideous thing to do um disrespectful to not give him a victory lap or a last show or a chance to say a proper goodbye um yeah tough spot for Jay because yeah. you know I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like man you, you should have walked out too or you know uh, well, that doesn't do, yeah, that doesn't achieve anything. I mean, it, it, that's the sad part. Like, yeah, it's like the band broke up by virtue of the label just breaking them up and kept one of them. Right. You know, and, and uh, I, you know, yeah, I feel awful for what they are as a, their body of work. Jay and Dan have done so much and so many people have grown up with them. I mean, we started as a podcast because of going on that podcast and realizing, you know, what they were doing is similar to what we could have done and prove that we did do. And, and, um, the fact that, that we have so many of the same fans of the podcast, because it's, we share the same kind of understandings and what makes, you know, what makes us laugh. And, uh, that's why we're all really close friends, but it's just really sad to, to, to have to see that end without, uh, like you said, a proper send off, you know. Yeah, and you you wonder like there are the sponsors are so deeply embedded in that yeah. show, Tim Hortons and McDonald's, and like did did they tell them first or did they have to clear it with them? Like who knew yeah. and when? 
It's um, true, yeah. It's such a big thing, right? Yeah, you can't just go rogue on that stuff. That that must have been uh, discussed and decided. Yeah. Um, but but ultimately, like, uh, sad for for Dan and Natasha and, and all the people, like like a lot of crew people, a lot of production types, a lot of radio people. Yeah. Um, I would like to cite the example of Ryan Jesperson, who we've both talked to uh, in Alberta, who was let go from his job unceremoniously and surprisingly real popular guy, started a podcast, and he's crushing it. Um, Great. Because all the people that listened to him... Yeah. Uh, followed him to where he was going. And same with our bud, mm-hmm. Kent Morrison, who went from yeah. uh, Global to CTV. And people are like, well, I like Kent. So I was trying to make this point yesterday on the internet where people eat mini wheats because they like the cereal. They don't eat it because it's a Kellogg's product. And we sometimes forget that. So um, nobody is loyal to a network because of the performance of the company. They like the people. And the person that makes them think and makes them laugh and all that stuff. So on the upside, I, I feel like networks in Canada and, and CBC and CTV are kind of at different ends of the pendulum. CTV has always been business first. CBC, I think, has an internal wrestling match between what it's supposed to be and what it wants to be. And the way I describe it best is the wrestling match between Main Street and Queen Street. Mm-hmm. Um so, so they're kind well, of yeah, how two many, different conversations, like how ma- and and it seems to me that everyone is that's in a position of power has such a fear for their own, you know, the own uh, guillotine above their head that decisions just kind of get shit passed around. Well, that's <laughs> the know? thing because yeah. here the way you kind of stay in a job is to kind of stay under the radar, and uh, it's kind of a business of risk management. So if you're at CBC and you pull the trigger on Schitt's Creek and it fails, you can say, well, it had Eugene Levy and Catherine in it. I thought it was a pretty safe bet. So the problem is, because there's such little real estate and so few um, time slots that they can actually roll the dice on, they have to play it safe, which is how you get acquired formats, because the format has been proven elsewhere. But, Mm. like... People liked the loved the game Jeopardy, obviously, and it was a rare exception, I think, because they loved Alex Trebek as much. But mm-hmm. my my argument is, I feel like my experience in the states was there was so much respect for the creators and writers, um, and there is an awareness in that business there that without a, a product to sell, the network will have nothing. So they need ideas and. In Canada, it's almost like when when you pitch people, you're irritating them or taking up their time or they have better things to do. Like the power dynamic is a complete 180. And maybe it's because they are keepers of the coveted few time slots. But it it seems like the the power dynamic is the complete opposite. And in, in a way that I think it's a little dated, like in in the 50s when there were two networks and you you know to be on one was a was a, a real treat and a guaranteed exposure to a lot of households it was one thing but at a time when networks are really struggling with relevance and trying to combat the fact that nobody really watches them to the same degree anymore 
it seems like the idea and the risk and the um, different and the unusual should be what they're seeking. Because the nice, convenient kind of side effect of that is, if you look at shows like Trailer Park or Letterkenny, they are distinctly Canadian, and yet they travel because when people see them, they're unique and they're different. They've never seen anything like it before. I think it's when we try to copy two and a half men. That's like, well, yeah, it's not, it's not as good. It's been done. It looks familiar, but just not quite as high end. Well, that's, that's what's, what I guess is good about having the, the Netflix and the Hulus and the primes and all these other ones to bring at least, at that point, because if you look at Netflix, Netflix, for example, it's, you know, 50 new shows every single week and one of them sticks and then it, it's all based on the internal rating systems that they have. So um, you, I'm sure that uh, you get lost in the shuffle pretty fast on Netflix compared to a network, you know, but the rate is faster. So if they have like a queen's gambit, which I just actually binge watched with Lisa last week in the last week. And it's fantastic. Great, great concept, great, uh, acting, everything about it. When you see that shows like that, that just kind of pop out there. Um, it makes sense that, that that format is winning because, there's just so much happening, and I, I guess they can't compete with that kind of, uh, you know, that amount of content coming out every single week. It's pretty pretty uh, unbelievable how big it's become from that little box in the store that said Netflix to, you know, changing the concept of how creativity is given to people. It's bananas. And the other thing that is true is the amount of dough down there is so insane that they can do a hundred two and a half men pilots and just pick the one that they think is the best. We don't have the luxury here because if you shoot it, it's probably going on the air. And I don't envy um, uh, uh, executives at either CBC or CTV because CTV, they have to like, I'd be curious to know who actually made the decisions that they made because are are they just looking at a salary line and saying oh dan makes a pretty decent living there's two guys doing the job that one person could do if we lose that job here's x amount of money like Mm -hmm. like do the programming people get to weigh in or that is strictly a business decision or that's why i'd be curious to know yeah no but crazy stuff at the cbc end of things um They are trying to serve a lot of masters with not a lot of money, which is why I think they shouldn't try to hang with the big dough. They should try to do things that are just distinctly Canadian that no one else would touch. That's kind of their mandate. And sometimes they get it right. And you see that that's kind of how they're doing because, you know, they do news so well. And I guess news cultural news shows so that's probably why they're killing it with podcasts and the idea of uh, they have a huge library of successful podcasts and not to mention how they uh they also have a really great way of advertising their podcasts and pushing their own content and getting people getting it out there i'd say they've probably done that better than anybody in canada 
But I would say, 100%, but I would say on the factual side, for example, and I say this as the host of Wipeout Canada, <laughs> and my feeling was, are we sure that the fact that someone's falling is from Medicine Hat is infinitely funnier to a Canadian versus a better fall on a bigger American course? And the feeling was like, yeah, we think so. And so my my strategy would be if I was in a position like that at CBC and I haven't been, I'm sure it's heinous because everyone in the country is tapping you on the shoulder all the time. But instead of acquiring proven formats from around the world, I would want to encourage Canadian creators to make formats that we could then sell all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Like when you think yeah. of our northern terrain, how on earth have we not made a reality show about city slickers trying to get from Dawson City to Yellowknife however they can figure it out like that would be amazing yeah yeah I'm surprised you haven't seen you know just just how uh I mean how how stupid I saw a person's like I went and I got during the pandemic like I guess it's kind of like the um, first world issues thing, you know, and like it's hard. It's just kind of when you see someone who's like gone up there and trying to figure it out and figure it, and then they're like, "Oh, I got it. The whole thing makes sense to me now." Well, I know it, it's like <laughs> you know what I mean? fish in frozen water. Like it's the age-old, most proven recipe for comedy. It's the simple life. Take Paris yeah. Hilton, and instead of putting her in a small town in Ohio. <laughs> Put her in the wilderness in BC. Um, anyway, what I'm saying is we should use our brains and our natural resources to make our own formats that other people are like, cool, we'd like to buy that. Instead of buying, I think CBC is doing a show where um, a family uh, gets to experience what life was like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And that's a format they bought. Like you're, you're wow. paying money for that. That's probably something someone in Canada... Like, I pitched a show a few years ago that I thought was wonderful. And it's called The Canadian. I pitched it with your buddy Rob Warsoff. And the idea is... um, People who are new to Canada compete... Listen, by the way, this is the only reason... Like, get clear the air on that. I don't don't not... I like that guy. I have no problem with him. Oh, I know that. I just... I just couldn't handle the Golden Girls and French song. I just did. That was it. Oh, he was also. (laughs) Rob Warsoff is also. What's the first word of the Three's Company soundtrack song? Oh, that too, yeah. 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 You know, that kind of humor just goes, rubs me the wrong way. It almost thing. makes, it makes me mad. There's a whole, like, there's a whole, like, Strombo crew of Canadian yeah. dudes and Habs fans and motorcycle people. Great and people, yes, for sure. Yeah, so Rob Warsaw is a part of that. We met on a reality show in Texas called Popularity Contest. Speaking of fish out of water, you take 10 city stereotypes, like the model, the cheerleader, the baseball scout and you put them in this small town called vega texas 
and they had to ingratiate themselves to the townspeople. And every three days, the townspeople voted on who they liked the best, and the person with the least votes was driven to the county line by the sheriff. So the interesting thing in this social experiment was that the people that ended up sticking around a long time were the ones that were kind of completely low-key and flat and kind of flew under the radar. So it made for an interesting social experiment, but not a great TV show because all the big flashy (laughs) characters were voted off immediately. Right away. Yeah. You're just left with a bunch of boring people that are nice. Yeah, and it came down to like, ah, shucks, and oh, geez. Yeah. Do you want to just split it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that was the idea. The winner gets 100 grand, and they had to, in turn, choose which townsperson they wanted to split it with. It's actually a great premise, except for that one fatal flaw. So, Rob Warsaw and I came up with an idea uh, for a show called The Canadian. And this is it, basically. A group of people from all over the world who are new to Canada that want nothing more than to have what we often take for granted, which is Canadian citizenship, take the Canadian via rail train from East Coast to West Coast. And in every province, they stop to compete in a traditional slash stereotypical uh, event in that place. So, for example, the Banff Pond Hockey Challenge, it's, you know, called by... Uh, whoever, um, Kelly Houston or whoever, they're playing hockey for the first time. Maybe they're playing with Wayne Gretzky. Maybe they score a goal. That's kind of, it's a celebration of Canadianity, basically. But the sort of secondary layer is this person from another part of the world reminds us how all they want in life is to have the very thing that we often take for granted, which is Canadian citizenship. And it reminds you of what... uh, privilege it is to have that so kind of a discussion about where they came from and why what it means to them to be canadian and why here they think is a better option for their family like to me it feels like a beautiful overlay for a discussion about what canada is and what it could be and the flaws and the promise that it has all that stuff so pitched it to cbc and their feeling was you can't make fun of people with accents like, How are you doing that? How's that making fun of people? I can't even imagine. But it's one of those, like, what? we're so far apart in your reaction to this, like, that it's not even worth countering. It's just like, okay. <laughs> even though when you're like, what does that mean? Well, yeah. So the winner um, in the final episode, the winner gets Canadian citizenship on the steps of Parliament Hill. And Bonomji County Val is there, and a Timbit, and a Mountie, and a Beaver, and Wayne Gretzky, and like all of our <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Like at the time, like the hip play, like it, it was. It's yeah. the most Canadian finale of a show ever. And it would have been funny if they were like, "It's just too Canadian." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so the 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 Canadian. <laughs> Missed the mark. I thought it was called the Canadian because that's the name of the Via Rail train that goes coast to coast. It would yeah. be scenically beautiful. It would be unifying. And as the contestants make their way across the country, suddenly people from uh, the countries that the, their countries of origin would show up in each of these communities to cheer for the the person. Like yeah. it, to me, it was just gorgeous on beautiful on emotional on elating elating. Keep it keep it on the Rolodex though. 
You never know. That's a good one. Yeah, you never it's know. One that you could you could still throw that one out there in five years and it'll still be good. I'm gonna make a network so me, out of the shows that CBC you, passed on. Yeah, let, let's give you an update. My mom is doing. She's doing better, uh, recovering well. Um, so that's isn't that good amazing? News. It's amazing, but I mean, she's seventy of her peers have perished. So that's not. I mean, that's still. I can't imagine. Uh, again, it just she's one of the lucky ones out of 129 residents, you know. So it's just uh, count the lucky stars and uh, thanks for all the the well wishes and prayers and thoughts that everybody had for my mom and it, uh, you know, all that stuff works. So, um, have you talked to her on the Facetime lately? I I, I did. She's doing, you know, she's not a hundred percent. A little groggy, but still, I mean, it's it's COVID, so I can't imagine what she has been going through. Yeah. But she's uh, and it, and and with her dementia, I'm sure this has been really stressful for her this last month. So it's hard for me to kind of tell which is which, you know, like whether she's just groggy from uh, being a little tired and stuff, or whether it's still you know, the dementia and the, the stress of the situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping for her to get her next vaccine soon and uh, to be able to see her, that would be the next amazing thing. So any, I, I mean, no one has a crystal ball, but any idea when you might be able to see her? Things are still pretty uh, locked down there, I suspect. Yeah, I think, pr- I'm, I mean, it might be... It might have to be uh, me vaccinated or, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Near there, uh, I would assume at some point. But, uh, yeah, I think with tests, I mean, how they're doing travel now with uh, the test within the last, or they test you right away and then you go basically now for, for travel. Really? But they have rapid tests now, and I guess if uh, they can somehow get rapid testing to the point where you take a test to, to prove you're negative and then maybe see her within the, that time. But, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's good that she's doing well. It's but wonderful. It's, just, uh, it's a sad uh, story for the, for the community of Barrie, you know. It is sad. There's so much, like... Um... So much pain and uncertainty and uh, sadness in the last mm-hmm. year. And it, it's like this rotating echo of sadness, like um, obviously on a different scale, but uh, it's all relative, like Newfoundland with 58 new cases yesterday. And it was from a super spreader volleyball event. Jeez. Like there's a place that... fast it happens? Huh? How fast it happens? Yes. Just one little kind of thing. That's... I mean, lockdowns are working. We're getting closer to a thousand here in in Ontario, which is un- I can't believe that's better than you know a good number. You know. I know, but, but they uh, were predicting at one point ten thousand a day yeah, in February, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. They, well, the initially when numbers were like four thousand in the high threes, they were concerned that 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 could get to ten per day, and that's why. The lockdowns got more strict, and that's why we're where we're at, where it's not those numbers, thankfully. Woof. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, hopefully they can get this rollout of the vaccine 
dealt with because that's been another gong show um, on the federal and provincial level. So uh, that's that's the next step is getting these vaccines in everybody's arms as opposed to taking way too long. You know, everybody's uh, getting to that. Uh, it's, you know, the breaking point doesn't happen when you see stuff going well and everybody's doing their jobs, it's the breaking point gets stressful when you see failure. That's when things get a little tense. For yeah. Me, you know, so hopefully things can turn around and they can figure that out. And then like every now and then you think like, uh, you know, we're thinking maybe in the fall we'll be able to go to the States and what our plans might be. And then you see like a Super Bowl party oh, with man. a few thousand yeah. people and, how banged up was Tom Brady throwing the Vince Lombardi <laughs> trophy to Gronk? I know. Well, he was getting his butt. His, he had his guy carrying him. Or, like, he was so banged up he could barely walk. Yeah, he's pretty banged which up. Which is pretty funny. And then, but then, did you hear about the boss? Bruce Springsteen at a DWI? Yes. But then I read into it, and it's the, the dumbest story I've ever heard in my life. What is did it? Did you hear what happened? No. He was literally riding. His his uh, his motorcycle in in uh, in New Jersey, and, and uh, some fans saw him and asked him to take pictures. And he got off his bike, took some pictures. Someone offered him a shot, and he, of tequila. He took the shot, but the cops saw it. And as he was driving away, the cops pulled him over no. and gave him the yeah, like it's ridiculous. He, yeah, he blew like 0.02, like no, nothing. But because they saw it, they threw him under the bus. Like, wow. come on, man. What the hell's going on here? I believe Especially. everyone should be treated the exact same way. Yeah. I also still. believe in, in that moment, if I was that cop and it was Bruce Springsteen, I'd be like, you know what? Just can I, I'll, let me give you a drive home. I know, but like he's not going to be all banged up, man. Everybody knows that. I guess, I guess the, those are the the rules of the rules. But still, the, the guy's got like nothing, a zero record. He's like full on bod the whole time, and because of this, he lost his. Uh, they pulled the Super Bowl ad that he did. He's never done a Super Bowl ad in his life. Who <laughs> who did he do it for? Which company? He did it for Jeep. So I guess because it's a company, you know, a car company, they're like, well. Wow. I wonder if they get their money back. I don't think so. I doubt that. But still, they just lose the investment. Um, What a bummer, man. Let's uh, talk about The weekend. Did you watch it? Oh, yes, I did. I saw The weekend. I I thought it was fantastic, man. I I don't think you could uh, ask for better than that. Like, he... He uh, was it uh, probably his label, but they said out of his own pocket, spend an extra seven million dollars for the production. Wow! So you got you got to give him props for that. Uh, it looked wicked. There was so many different uh, scenarios that they put up with the lights, and then he had the whole big band vibe, and then he had the walk around <laughs> the the in the side, and then the the field stuff. I thought it was awesome. And they, and talk about the guy's got a string of bangers already, man. Like smash after smash within you know what four years. It's this pretty is impressive. This is the thing. 
I felt beforehand like if this is the biggest stage in the world and it's watched by a billion people and it's Beyonce and it's Justin Timberlake and it's Janet Jackson, I didn't see him as being on that level. I guess I've been kind of sleeping on the weekend (laughs) for Mm. a while. And I thought like Bruno Mars, his showmanship is so incredible that he could sustain it. Lady Gaga, I thought was incredible. Um, so I but wasn't his, the hits though. Like his hits are all number one smash. Well, hits. that's the thing. So when yeah, when I when I watched it, I kind of had not a bad attitude, but I, I was like, oh man, with no other guests, can he sustain this thing? And mm. then as every song comes on, you're like, oh right, this is him too. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. this is him too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the um, I think you're coming. I think you're coming. The um, Daft Punk one. Yeah, that's a jam. I know. There's a lot of good songs, and they didn't even do the uh, the one that we were talking about, the the, uh, the Calvin Harris one with the Keep Forgetting jam. They didn't even have to go there, which is <laughs> shocking. I know, right? When you left some hits on the table, still like, and it was a medley. Like they were like. Verse, chorus, next. Verse, chorus, next. Who were you hoping yeah. for in the game? Uh, I, I was... That's so uh, East Coast. Instead of rooting s- or cheering, who are you hoping for? Yeah. I was hoping for Mahomes and the uh, Kansas City to win. Were you? Would have salad. I didn't really care. Once I saw that the uh, the defense that and the offense, actually, that, that, that uh, the, bu- the Buccaneers were putting against... Kansas City, like it was, it was unbelievable. After like 15 minutes, I was like, "Well, there's no, they're not gonna win this game at all. There's no chance." When he had, anyway. makes the face, it's over. Yeah, and well, it was just the the uh, the defensive line. They just couldn't move anybody, and then they were all coming at Mahomes. It's like, and he was like throwing passes out through his legs upside down and hitting guys every time they didn't catch it like it was crazy how many crazy throws that he had with five guys on him somehow got a ball out and it like hit the guy right in the head right between the eye (laughs) like what are you doing the whole time he's just like getting chased and coming up with these ridiculous throws and nobody is catching anything. I know. It's unbelievable. Like, how hard is it to throw a sidearm 40 <laughs> yards <laughs> yeah. while you're flying upside through the air? Down. And upside down. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It was really crazy. So that's how I knew that, yeah. Was over. Uh, and pretty impressive that Tom Brady has now won seven Super Bowls more than any team. Like, that's... Yeah, that's the only person who's won stuff. more? Bill Belichick. He's got eight? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he... He, wa- his, he must have watched, he's got, right? He's got his Drew Bledsoe days. Is that why? I don't know. He, yeah. Where do you think Bill Belichick watched? From his bunker? Tom Brady's right? a Trump guy, isn't he? Well, the, yeah, he had a MAGA hat in his locker there last year. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dear. So, you know, that's probably why I was hoping that Kansas City won, but whatever. Whatever, salad. 
it's kind of like, uh, yeah, there's the icons in sport that like are performance. Like, yeah, you're Tiger Woods, you're Michael Jordans, you're Tom Brady's. Like, nobody can really, Wayne Gretzky included, like that no one can top anything that they did when in their in terms of their performance but none of them said a goddamn thing whenever it came to anything outside of life ever none of those guys they all just kept their mouth shut when it really kind of mattered and i think uh it bothers me when athletes do that when they can <clears throat> help a lot of people like i think people dog lebron for speaking his mind but that's the kind of stuff you that makes a person stick around like look at muhammad ali man he was the first guy to break deal with all that racial issues and he didn't care at all he would just say exactly what he thought and nobody was getting in his way right that to me is like that's a well-rounded uh legend right there you know that's a huge difference to take the sack and realize you're gonna maybe upset some people to say stuff, but like it, it's all the difference at the end of the day. If you want my respect. Okay, yeah. so what do you think of like Jack Nicholas and people that at the eleventh hour waded into the fray yeah. to say Trump's our guy? Or Bobby Orr? Yeah, I lost all respect for him. I was like, God, that's so greasy. Like, I, I, I don't care anymore. Okay, but counterpoint. Don't you admire them for speaking up for what they believe in, even if you disagree? Yeah, but it's it's the wrong side of history, though. Like, sure, it's like you're coming out as saying, you know, you're uh, okay with this racist pig getting in. Like, that. that's not cool. That's just being stupid and ignorant. That makes it worse, you know? Yes. Outspoken, but outspoken for the right reasons. You know, like Muhammad Ali saying i'm not going to to vietnam you're not drafting me this isn't gonna happen i'm not gonna just die like this you know and uh there's there's a million interviews when he he was confronted with the hardest questions you could think of and he never said avoided it he would just answer it point blank what he thought and uh there's something to be said for that i'll say yeah um you know I do. Um, we're going to play another round of Money in the Blank. Mm-hmm. The game show sensation that's sweeping the nation. It. People yeah. seem to, to dig it. It is. It's a, a simple and fun game that kind of brings back... It brings back the past in each question. That's the best. Yeah. I, I, have, uh, I have five questions for you, and they're all... Uh, t- eight, eight, I guess they're kind of 80s, but maybe mostly just TV... Famous TV catchphrases. What do you got? Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, I have 10 for you, and they are commercial slogans. Okay, nice. Yeah. All right, so I only have five. Okay, I'm going to start the timer. Um, How many seconds do I get? Like, if I get all five in 30 seconds? If you get all five, then you... Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Right? Yeah. So yeah, that's what we did before. Yeah, right? and then so you'll you do a, a 10 for 60. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Okay. Who's Six going thousand. first? Uh, let me give you these first. Okay. Or no, you give me... No, do 
do um, five for me, and then I'll do the five for you, and then five for me to finish. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so these are commercial slogans. You ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Have you driven a blank lately? Is that Ford? Melts in your blank, not in your blank. Mouth. And? Not in your hand. Harvey's makes your hamburger a blank blank. A beautiful thing. De Beers, a blank, is forever. A diamond. And Wheaties, blank of champions. Breakfast. Come on. Oh, yeah. 24 seconds, you ran the table. I did. Okay, you ready? No. Okay. I'll give you the show the show first and then the thing. Okay, read them quick. Yeah. Here it comes. Ready? ready? Three, yeah. two, okay. one. Money in the blank. Go. Okay. Price is right. Blank on down. Come. Family matters. Did I do blank? That. <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> Eat my blank. Shorts. <laughs> A-team. I love it when a blank comes together. Plan? Yeah. Uh, Scooby-Doo, if it weren't for you, blank kids. Meddling. Yeah. yeah Holy cow. <laughs> we both did. had 24 seconds. <laughs> Money in the blank. <laughs> did I do that? Oh. Hey, we got to we gotta sh- put a shout out RIP to Dustin Diamond, man. Yeah. Right? That was a untimely death. Well, here's the weird thing. He wasn't involved in the Saved by the Bell remake, and his oh. his co-stars were pretty, like... Uh, Let's not talk about yeah, that Yeah, but then once yeah. he passed, they were like, oh, obviously, you know, we had a history, and, um, you know, we'll always have those memories. But nobody so, wanted yeah. to touch him with a 10-foot pole, which, if he's you believe like, what you read, he also had. This is basically... He's like the wheels of... of uh, Saved by the Bell. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like um, the neglected guy, the one that they would never... Well, if he's going, I'm not going. Right? Like, definitely I mean, uh, part of... Neil Hope Neil Hope was like kind of like that guy. Like, he... They would always... There was a grind for the... Well, you did the... You have a story, right? Yeah. Kind of, right? Well, because there was a grind. Well, that makes sense. Here's what I will say. Um, he was the first the guy. Johnavision, the Johnavision Degrassi episode is like that had to be one of your top five all time classics. It was, yeah. Well, you posted the clip last week of um, Mr. Dress Up, Snake and Joey, that Sharon Lois and Bram. Yeah. Well, that's was that the episode or is Degrassi a separate episode? Because Joey and Snake were there at that episode. Right. We know we did a separate two part episode. Oh. Yes. I was talking about that's, this yesterday. It was the highest rated episode of Jonavision ever. It had 560,000 viewers or something, which for an afternoon half hour uh, yeah. uh, TV show wasn't bad. Um, so well, there was only like 26 million people in the country at the time. So yeah, exactly. A fair amount. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was people waiting for The Simpsons to come on. But um, apparently, and I don't know how much of this is true, Linda Schuyler creator of Degrassi saw the reaction to the Jonavision reunion and thought there might be still some gas in that tank. And so I don't know if that was the impetus for it or the cherry on top, but she uh, opted to make Degrassi the next generation after that. Um, that makes sense. So uh, we had, without um, telling tales out of school, we had booked Neil Hope first, 
who played Wheels. And then there was uh, some... It was kind of... I mean, he's kind of like the original Degrassi. It's a, it's kinda, He's kind of like the, 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 the full scope, like the most integral character in my mind was Wheels. Do you think he, so? He seemed... Well, he seemed to go through the most shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Right? Yeah, he had a rough go of it, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they put him through the ringer every week in the writer's room. <laughs> yeah. It was like, really? I just recovered from getting hit by a car, and now you're going to kill my parents? Yeah, he went through a lot. Yeah, and then and then he gets molested after that. Like it's just not. He goes and sees his real dad, and he's a total jerk. So, like, it's awful. It wasn't his dad that did that, was it? No, it was on the way to see his dad. He gets like molested by some creep when he's uh, hitchhiking. Oh my god! To Port Hope, and then he gets to Port Hope. And his real dad gives him the brush, and he's got, like, a new baby on the way with some some girlfriend. And he's like, can you beat it? Aww. <laughs> Wheels is, like, unbelievable. The guy was like, Job. Aww. <laughs> so, Neil Hope was the first person that we had booked on the reunion, and then it turns out there was some historical friction with another cast member or two. And so, uh, they felt they uh, wouldn't be comfortable coming if he was there because they hadn't cleared the air. And so we we unbooked him. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then... someone wasn't feeling it. But like, then... If he's going, I'm not going. His, uh, his, his end was quite sad, wasn't it? Like a rooming yeah, house had, in Hamilton. Yeah, like a, he ended up dying and then nobody knew for a couple years... Which is the worst part. Like, it, it happened and there was no, like, I think it was like a few years later you heard, oh, Degrassi star Neil Hope passed away. And then they did like a little tribute or something. But So eesh. what, do you know what happened? And not that it matters. And it's... I think it was like a, a drug overdose Aww. or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> what a shame. Or, you know, definitely uh, he was in a bad way. But man, Hamilton. you can imagine those those kids. Like, how old were they on Kids of Degrassi Street? Like eight. Yeah, and they and again the most famously part they didn't have a union, right? So it's like one of the most famous no union gigs, right? Shows of all time. So it's like, yeah, you're you're a huge hit, but there's only two people get get paid. Well, I think what they did do is. Um, they put half the kids' paychecks in a trust or something. But yes, it, half it was the kids. It was sorry, half of the kids' paychecks. Oh, half of their money. Yeah, yeah. It was um, uh, famously non-union, and uh, uh, you know a lot was said about that. But I, I, I do seem to remember them tucking some money away. Yeah, but still, I mean, you have a, an option to. Why do you do what? What are the pluses of going non-union other than making more money? Well, yeah, there's only one. There's only one. That's it. So it's pretty. It's a. It's a. Anyway, I know we've told this story at at the live shows before, but I don't know if we've ever told it on the pod about Linda Schuyler going to see Aaron Spelling and him being like, "I love this this idea of doing these shows about like 
kids going through real issues and she was like yeah real looking kids going through real issues yeah. and he was like yeah the real issues part i really like and she was like yeah it's important <laughs> to us that they look real and he was like mm, the real yeah. issues part is great <laughs> and then they couldn't come to terms and he made 90210 which is yeah. quite a legacy for degrassi when you think about it it's just hot degrassi basically yeah it is yeah it's yeah. hot degrassi yeah they put the ass in degrassi yeah exactly all right, here's your so second wait, five. Just, yeah, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> I, yeah, I think I think you'll get these. But your time to beat is 24 seconds. Okay, ready? Yeah. yeah. Three, two, one. The quicker picker blank. Upper. Correct. Betcha can't blank, blank, blank. Eat just one. Yes. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's blank. Mayb- Maybelline. Yes. I'm blanking it. I'm loving it. Yes. Verizon, can you blank me now? Can you hear me Boom. now? Boom. 19 seconds. Oh, yeah. For combined time of 43 <laughs> seconds out of a possible 60. <laughs> Do you know what I think? I think our questions are too easy. I know. I think we could maybe next week we should do it again with a little more, like, a little d- deeper. I love it. Yeah. Like it's super, let's go intense, like categories like geography. Oh, like what do you mean? Like, like the latest country findings? to join the European Union. <laughs> or like, what did, what did Albert Einstein say when he completed the theory of relativity? Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, blank. Oh, blank. Or yeah, it could be like movie lines. <clears throat> um, hey, did you see that? Did you see that Elton John? thing that abad sent us no you uh, sent it, it to me a, yesterday i haven't watched it yet it's a it's a psa i guess of him like you know on uh vaccine and getting vaccinated and probably and all that but the, there's a guy off camera who's a total donovan like no try it like this no more more happy less happy lt <laughs> yeah and is is that like part of the joke or is that kind of it's well it's a little bit the guy you know like was that the actual director or that's a bit it's uh, uh, it's whoever it is i don't know but that's the like it's probably the the person doing it but it's a bit too maybe it is still and he sounds like dodo yeah he's totally doing it he's he's working it I think we we, uh, we tweeted it out on TNT. Sometime we should dive back into Donovan's history, like even earlier when he had a uh, like four part harmony group in the fifties called the Dodo Birds, or oh, for sure, or yeah, Donovan and the Dodos or something. Like when he <laughs> when he lived in and he, he he was pen pals with the Beatles, Donnie and the Dodos. <laughs> well, that's how that lyric came about. In um, it was supposed to be me. Because when I read Michael Caine's autobiography, uh, Vidal Sassoon... Oh, that's, sorry, that's Elton John does Michael Caine in that thing. He's like, oh, I'm Michael Caine. Does he? In the, yeah, that's the other part of it where it really takes it up a notch. Did he nail it? <laughs> he crushed it. I was like, whoa, man. He, like, I'm, Yeah. <laughs> Ma, I'm Michael Caine. The idea of like <laughs> Michael Caine, the Beatles... Um, and Vidal Sassoon, like all these people being in the same place, yeah. like just kind of partying. I wonder I if they so knew old. at the time. Like, I wonder if it felt magical. 
Well, they're like that Soho London, like when they were all banging, like, and everyone was popular from like 63, 4, 5, 6, like, and they'd hang out and get like Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles just chilling. Like, that's when you know it was like that. When it's, they must have been, I'm sure they felt that staying in like, you know, the flat that they're living in is where like, you know, the guy who invented like, you know, some ridiculous or Nobel laureate or something, right? Like all these famous historical right. figures, you know, that's where the flat that they're staying is just uh, the history upon history. And then here's all these insane musicians just hanging out. That must have been quite a time. I mean, that would have been really cool. Um in the village in New York with like yeah. uh, Kerouac Ooh. and Ginsburg and those dudes would have been cool. Yeah. And then Yorkville sure. is the other time in history that would have been cool. Definitely. And that's the cool thing is the coolest part of it all is they would all kind of intertwine and go back and forth to all of those different hangs like when they were in, in those places. Here's a question I've never asked you. If you yeah. could play with any musician... I was going to say living or dead, but let's say dead. Who would you want to play with? Uh, I think I could have rock given, you know, given it had some good times with any of those British rock bands like Zeppelin or um, Jeff Beck. Um, even like the Rod Stewart's first couple records, I would really add a time with those bands. I was doing a um, fake infomercial thing for a corporate gig, and one of the songs that I re-lyriced was "If You Think uh, or Do You Think I'm Sexy." Oh my gosh, it's hard to sing both that high and scratchy. Like yeah. it's way up there. Like, yeah. like the rasp is something you hear, the high is something you hear, but the high rasp, mm-hmm. he probably doesn't get enough credit for what a monster singer he is. No. I mean, even like Stay With Me from the Faces or uh, uh, Every Picture Tells a Story, like those are crazy vocal Yes. He was, he was, uh, well, he was a lot like a Robert Plant or, you know, just those really energetic front men that just like everybody wanted to be and everybody stared at and the girls loved and the guys wanted to be and the guys loved and all that stuff like it was so charismatic yeah uh i got and and i i I remember seeing uh he has that song uh was it corduroy road or the take me back one Anyway, his uh, he's singing it like in a burnt out area that he grew up in in Scotland, and he's just like crushing it. Wait he's a second! By himself. So it's not the one he did with uh, Glass Tiger. No, this was like old. Like this was in the seventies or early eighties. He's just singing by himself. Oh right, like, I, I like was thinking interview. of take the wind to carry me no. over, lead no, me home to me my town. <laughs> Not that one. That take me back, take <laughs> me back, 
Take me to the road, 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 road. That song. Right. Take me to the road, have travel fun. Take me back. That one. Okay, you're a dad in the 70s too. and your daughter brings Rod Stewart home. Oh. Would you be like, no, that's, no, it's not, it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> no way. No way. Well, it's like this story that uh, Alex Van Halen told me once. He was at, uh, he was in the doctor's office getting a shot for the clap or gonorrhea or something from partying on the road. <laughs> That's how the story starts? That's not even the punchline? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. He's sitting in there and the doctor's like, oh, really? What? He's like, yeah, man, partying a little too hard late, you know, just uh, should have been wearing a condom, big, you know, whatever. I promise I'll do it tonight. And then the doctor's like, yeah, you better, because my daughter, as he jabs him in the ass with this thing, is going to your show tonight. No. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like stabbed him with the, with the syringe. So, wait a sec. If you, ha- like, if you have the bird flu, there's a shot for that? Yeah, there's a shot for it. And it fixes it right up? Clears it right up. If you have the clap. Wow. Is the clap chlamydia? Yeah. What are the... Okay, maybe it's TMI. What are the physical symptoms of chlamydia? Well, I mean... Is that mushroom horn? Uh, No, it's like the... uh, Oh, mate, I got a drip coming out of me willy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, I got wow. a yellow drip coming out of me willy, mate. <laughs> wow. Ah, oh, that's a clap. Just get on down to the doctors. That won't hurt you. <laughs> Just get on down. <laughs> uh, we call it a spot of tea. <laughs> oh. A spot of tea. And then the doctor, the doctor, let's have a look at you. All right. Oh, yeah, he's sick, isn't he? Look at him. Spot All right, take this. Oh, look at him. Spotted dick. <laughs> what is spotted dick? That's a dessert, right? Yeah, it's like raisins in, like, uh, tapioca vibes. I Things that sound that. gross but aren't. Yeah. Toad in the hole, bud. Toad in the hole, Hey, bots. good chatting. Yeah, good chatting. Well, uh... Another week will go by and we'll have another little chatty. Um, I'm going to start preparing Money in the Blank for next week. And it's going to be intense. Yeah. It's going to be an awesome. I'll get, yeah, I'll have 10. And you'll, I'll have 10 as well. For sure. Sounds good, bud. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.